0: I like to, instead of put a CDC collar on it, I have these fancy uh, Swiss CDC clamps that you use to put materials in dubbing loops. And uh, I really like to make the collar out of squirrel instead of CDC. And so it gives it really good movement. You know, it's a little bit more durable. You can change the colors up just a little bit.
1: That was Cheech sharing the why behind the squirrel cell fly pattern. Uncle Cheat shares his favorite fly patterns today on the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. Hey, how's it going today? Thank you for stopping by the Fly Fishing Show. If you'd like to request a guest or topic for the show, you can find me at Wet Fly Swing on Instagram. It's a good place to check in there. And while you're there, you might as well uh, like or comment on one of the posts. Cheech from Fly Fish Food breaks down some of his favorite nymphs and some of the Fly Fish Food story. We get the third leg of the Fly Fish Food uh, stool today, plus top nymphs, videos, and tools from Fly Fish Food, one of the all-time leaders in the space. Before we get started, let's hear from our sponsor. Togans Fly Shop, providing superior products at an affordable price, an amazing resource for fly tying materials, tools, and fishing accessories. Since 2005, Togans has been over delivering on price, service, and passion, and now it's time to discover the Togans buzz for yourself. Head over to wetflyswing.com slash Togans to get started today. You support this podcast by clicking over to take a look at Togans online. That's wetflyswing.com slash Togans T O G E N S Togens So, without further ado, here is Uncle Cheech from flyfishfood.com.
0: How's it going, Cheech? Not too bad. Just living the dream talking in a fancy electronic device about fly fishing. Exactly. I know we've we've come a long ways, haven't we? You
1: guys are you guys are you've been doing a good job on the online stuff. Has that been something that you've always like uh, been a master at?
0: No, I don't think we're masters at it, I think uh it was just you know with all the social media stuff, it was a really good way to to get information out you know back in the day, you were always looking for the next great book that came out on tying or fishing, and you know social media kind of took over for that so
1: yep, so you just you embraced it basically,
0: yeah, you have to in these days, do you love? uh
1: like the social media stuff i mean i know there's obviously some trolls and things like that out there but is it something that you really love like it's one of your f- favorite things to do all the social
0: i i don't know if it's it's my favorite it's really cool to keep in touch with everybody um for me it's it can be entertaining sometime watching uh watching the professionals out there teach you how to <laughs> do stuff you know the quote professionals right but yeah uh I'd rather go fishing for sure, but, uh, yeah, it can be fun sometimes.
1: That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's kind of the irony of the whole thing that we have, we have the social and we're, we're, we're posting about fishing and then you're, you turn around and you're like, man, I should actually be on the river more than, than sitting behind the computer, which we're doing now, right? We're sitting behind, yeah. a. a, a <laughs> but, uh, today we're going to dig into obviously fly fish food, uh, what you have created, um, has, is become pretty huge over the years we're gonna dig into that and maybe some on nymph uh tying nymphs and and, and that uh for an arc but uh, talk about how you first got into fly fishing
0: yeah so it's pretty interesting um well maybe not for everybody but, but uh i always fished a little bit like nobody in my family fishes at all and uh what was it i started uh, bass fishing a ton when I was about 21, 22, um, then I started dating my wife. Uh, so we were, we were dating and, uh, her dad had a, a fly rod. So he found out I liked to fish and, you know, in his mind, there's only one way to fish and that's with a fly rod. So, um, anyway, it was cool. He, he passed me a fly rod. Um, he, uh, he, I, I cast a flyer out in his backyard for the first time ever. And then an uh, interesting thing, I worked in a call center at the time, and a guy brought in his grandpa's fly tying kit. So uh, we, were, we were bored out of our minds. I was on a Spanish-speaking phone line, so we didn't have a lot of calls. So we'd send tie flies, and they were the nastiest woolly buggers ever. And, uh, you know, it just kind of went downhill from there. Yeah. And then it just rolled in, uh, and the tying, uh,
1: I mean, you've become a, a, a pretty, a pretty good fly tire and, you know, and, and now the fly fish food, like I mentioned, I mean, when did, so from that pa- uh, that place where you're tying ugly woolly buggers, how did, uh, take us from there into the fly fish food? When did this become uh, an actual
0: business? Oh yeah. So that, I don't know. I, here in Utah, there used to be uh an internet forum called Utah on the fly. And, uh, There were, I don't know, 50 or so guys on there that were active participants in that. And there was a a get-together down in in Utah County that I went to, and I met Curtis um, and some other guys. And Curtis and I kind of started fishing after that. Um, We've been been friends ever since. Um, So... Anyway, we have all we've always kind of just collaborated on stuff. Um, Fly fish food kind of was an accident. The 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 actual store uh, because we just uh, we decided to do a YouTube channel and a blog just to kind of get out there the the flies that we we tied and sold, and uh, it was kind of interesting. Excuse me, it was interesting to see. How many people were interested in just watching videos of us tying said Cheech leech or Curtis's nasty chimera pattern? Um, and we thought maybe it would be cool if we could get some people to to run ads on our on our uh, on our website and maybe pay for some gas for gear, maybe uh, get a, a little bit uh, go go on a few trips or things like that. And it just kind of grew and grew to the point where people are saying, oh, well, that's a cool fly, but where do I buy the stuff? And so we said, well, well, we'll buy a little bit of stuff. So, you know, I think we started doing the blog in 2012 and just gradually grew and grew until the point we are now. We have 22,000 different items in the store.
1: And you guys actually have a brick and mortar, an actual store that you could walk into.
0: Yeah, it's in Orham, Utah. And uh, we have 5,500 square feet of, of building. So 1,100 of that's a warehouse where we ship all of our online stuff. And uh, 4,000 of that is just glorious retail space.
1: There you go. And so, so 2012, when you think about that, that's not, uh, I mean, about 10 years, right? It, does, it, does it feel like uh, it's been 10 years or it, what, what's it feel like? Or does it feel like longer?
0: No, it feels like I don't know it's it feels like it's just kind of naturally been occurring. I mean there's there's a lot of work that goes into it. But it's never really felt like oh I have to go to work or you know on Monday morning when you wake up you're like man I don't want to go do anything. I don't want to go to work today. It's never felt like that. So it's always been like a a, a super awesome way to to make a living and you know, just kind of rolling with the punches. It's always interesting, even the business side of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we we both left pretty well or pretty well established jobs to to just be fish bums and work in a fly shop.
1: There you go. So you guys are pretty much. Uh, I mean, you guys are doing this uh, fully uh, like uh, on. This is your uh, main source of income because I think in the past when I talked to Curtis, I wasn't. I, I think he had still was working right.
0: Yeah. So it was about two, two and a half years ago that we both quit our jobs completely to focus Amazing. on this full time. Yeah. So we moved into a giant new building. You know, it was there for about, you know, a year or so. And then, yeah, we both quit our jobs and it's it's been awesome.
1: So it, uh, I mean, obviously it's, it's sounds like it's been great. Is it? I mean, you know, now that you've done it, I mean, it, it feels pretty good. Oh yeah, uh, quitting the job, quitting the day job, and being—I mean, 100%. Now you—you've got 40 extra
0: hours a week, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. No, uh, we're we're constantly in the the fishing side of it, but no, the reality is, I I did I worked 20 years in human resources. You know, um, working in a fly shop's a little bit better than that.
1: There you go. <laughs> That's great. I, I didn't realize that. That's cool to hear. And and yeah. uh, I've had um, uh, we had Curtis on in, in the past, like I noted, and then also Lance was on. He and he's he's still part of the shop
0: there, working at the shop. Oh yeah, he's our manager. He um, he works in the shop four days a week, and he had been guiding, but I think he's kind of getting out of the the guiding world just to kind of focus on fishing. <laughs>
1: That's cool, yeah. And you got one of the best Lance, obviously, with the the Euro nymph. We'll probably talk a little bit about Euro because that seems like it's blown up so much, uh, you know, recently. I guess, or maybe it's been always blown up. But but Lance has done a good job there. Uh, Well, we're going to dig into, I think today, you know, just on nymphs to give somebody an idea of maybe the resource you guys have if somebody wants to dig into get become a better fly tire, right? As far as tying nymphs, I want to talk about that. Before we get there, I I asked this to Lance because you got three. You know, I know you and Curtis. I guess are the owners. Lance is the manager. But it seems like it's like the three of you guys. Are there other people there? Is it just you three guys?
0: Yeah, I think we have like nine people working for us right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Any any given day, you come in, there's a lot of people. So we have, you know, several full time people. We have like a full time customer service, shipping, receiving guy we have a warehouse manager. We have uh, at any given day, we have three to four full-time pickers. So they're upstairs um, picking all the online orders. Um, I'm typically downstairs if I'm in the shop, you know, uh, working with customers and Curtis is, you know, working in the back end a lot of the, a, a lot of the time working on, uh, you know, making orders and stuff like that. So yeah, but yeah, we're, we we have uh, a pretty awesome team of people working for
1: us. Uh, yeah, you're a legit, I mean, obviously a full-time uh, full fly shot. That's good. Um, well, when I when I think of, you know, Nymph, there's tons of, like we said, Euro Nymphs. There's, you know, uh, matching the hat. I mean, there's all this different stuff with Nymphs. I want to try to clarify some of that today. But when I say, when, you know, I say to you, Nymph fly patterns, what what comes to your mind? You know, I mean, you must have thousands of patterns and you've tied probably you know, a lot of those, um, I mean, are there a, a, like a top kind of 10 list or there's some patterns that just are really common that you always recommend for people? Or what do you, what do you say when somebody comes in and asks like what nymphs they should have?
0: Yeah. So I I think that the first thing is you kind of break it out. Um, we, we always try to find out where they're going to go fishing and what style they like to fish, you know, because if, if someone's going to go out and they're going to Euro nymph the Provo river, I'm going to get them set up with completely different flies. And if they, if then if they are going to go and fish, you know, an indicator rig out on the Provo River or if they're going to fish a dry dropper rig. So that's the most important part of it I think is, you know, if if someone says they're going to go fishing and they want to fish nymphs, it's important to know um, what type of fishing they're going to going to do. And then I mean uh, from a customer side of you have to kind of know what's their experience like, you know. Um, there are times where you can, you can suggest a nymph that, you know, is only going to work for part of the morning, uh, but it's going to work really well for that part of the morning, you know, or, you know, get them something that's maybe more of a general pattern that they can fish all day. But, uh, yeah, it it all just kind of depends. And I mean, if you, if you came in our shop, I think we have, oh geez, I don't know, a full, four whole trays worth of nothing but nymphs. And then even more hatch matching nymphs. So, I, I mean, I think we, I would dare to say we have thousands of different nymph patterns ready to go. Different patterns. Okay. And, and I think one of the cool things, I, I,
1: I think we'll note this, I just want to note it now just so I don't forget, but um, one of the cool things you guys do, and correct me if I'm wrong, but if if I have a pattern, say say we're going to talk about 10 patterns here today or five patterns or whatever, if we, if there's a pattern that somebody really wants to get, they can go to flyfishfood.com and basically push a button and get all the materials to tie that pattern. Do you guys, is that pretty much the case?
0: Yeah, absolutely. If it's a pattern that we've done in the tutorial, Absolutely. They can go in there. Um, it used to be our, our website has changed. We recently upgraded to um, Shopify, which is oh, nice. uh, like the king of retail websites. But anyway, with that, um, with our other one, it used to be just click one button and it will would, would populate everything into a card. But we've, we've kind of made it smarter now so that um, if they go to the website and they see the recipe, they, they can see everything that's in the recipe. But also because of the supply chain issues, we, we list alternates and, and and other types of things. So they don't go on there and they, let's say that there's a hook that we can't get and we haven't been able to get for months, but it's listed on a fly recipe. We're not going to. Just say, oh, no, that's the only right. hook. So on our recipe now, it says you can use this or this or this or this. So it's kind of a la carte type stuff. Um, so that's been a major education push for people to know that there are lots and lots of really good hook brands out there. There are lots of good bead brands. And so all you have to do is, you know, tie them and fish them. It doesn't doesn't really matter the brands a lot of times. Um Uh, or you can mix and match and make them your own so yeah we uh essentially yes you can um go in and and just kind of add all that stuff to a cart but uh more than anything we we, we've tried to start just educating people on okay these are there's a batch of materials you can you can tie out of all of it
1: yeah that's that's awesome feature
0: okay and I'll obviously link out to all
1: this in the show notes so people can go directly over there. Um, well, yeah. let's just let's just say I'm coming in. I'm coming into Utah. Well, we had the IFTD. I was planning on coming to Utah here uh, this month, this next month, but that's I think rescheduled or whatever. But let's just say I'm coming into Utah. Uh, we don't have to sp- focus on a specific time necessarily. Maybe just keep it general. And, um, I mean, the Provo river, that's kind of the big one. Are there, I mean, how many rivers are there around you guys that's, I mean, there must be tons of waterways and things like that, but is the Provo kind of the big one?
0: Yeah. The Provo is a big one. The Weber river is a big one. Um, then there are a whole bunch of other rivers that like, you don't really give up. Oh, right. Easily, you know? Yeah, that's right. But, uh, <laughs> no, we have a whole bunch of small streams. Uh, we have a lot of still waters so we we fish a lot of lakes as well but yeah the majority of the time if someone's coming into town let's say from texas or louisiana and they want to experience trout we typically will get them set up for the provo river and maybe try to send them to a place that we know that there haven't been a ton of people Mm -hmm. um and then uh just kind of help them dial in the 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 rig that they're going to throw that's what that's what we run into more is getting the technique down more than the actual fly choice.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Well, and let's keep it maybe a little general where I I definitely like the dry dropper. I kind of, I'm hoping to get more into Euro and, you know, I kind of like to do it all. If you think of patterns, I don't know if you want to think of maybe your top uh, nymph patterns that you love, or maybe the top uh, tutorials you guys have, or maybe just the top 10 or whatever requested nymphs is there something that comes to mind there we can give give folks a list of some patterns they can just pick out
0: yeah i mean um i think uh recently one of our top patterns is that people have been requesting is the red darks one of lances mm-hmm. patterns you know, it's an Umqua pattern it's been out for years and uh you know we we use it quite a bit in um in our flight or in our videos and obviously it's a it's a popular pattern so we get asked for that one quite a bit. It's a good Euro nymph, and it's but it's also a good dry dropper nymph. Oh, nice. um, any type of Pertagon is is good. And that's the thing is um, people come in and they say, well, I, I want a Pertagon to fish. And all a Pertagon is, it's just kind of an idea. It just means it's a sparse tail, um, a body that has a little bit of taper. it can be tied out of any number of things mostly just like thread or tinsel and uh, a jig bead typically Mm -hmm. coated with epoxy or resin and the idea behind a peritagon is that there are no appendages to hang it up in the water column so it sinks really really well but if you look in our at our fly bins we have you know i don't know hundreds of different paragon type patterns so you know if someone asked for that, we would just kind of walk them around and maybe pick them, say, a paradigm that, that would work for PMDs or a paragon that would work for betas, um, something like that.
1: What about one that um, we recently had a guest on uh, that was talking about uh, the blue paragon, which was really popular at a local uh, fly shop. They were tying it. It, it. I think it was actually a – I think it's called the light bright blue or something like that, but it had a special type of blue. Do you guys – I mean, do you find a color? A certain color works better than other colors in those, or is it pretty much you just want to have a good mixture?
0: Um, you know, I, I think with paradig- paradigons is especially if if someone comes in and say, no, no, it has to be this blue, color or, right. or that blue doesn't work. It's got to be this blue or Ninety-eight point five percent of the time, you could go out there with any paradigm, and if it's presented properly, it's going to work. So. I mean, we, we do get some of those guys come in that are, that are just like, oh, it has to be, you know, this exact color. It works so much better than anything else. And a lot of times it's just because guys are only wanting to fish that. And then let's say they have their, the the fly they think is the, the bee's knees, they're going to fish that a lot harder and with a lot more confidence. So, um, yeah, but to answer your question, yes, we do have people that come in for that. Um, but you know, if, if someone comes in and says, I need I need a pair to go on that's that and they describe this or that, and then we just show them, okay, here are four hundred and fifty different patterns. They they kind of look at it and say, Okay, I can find something here. So um, this summer though, there there was a split case PMD that we did called the code cracker. Um and so something in in that style was really really good. It's just like a dark brown nymph with a little yellow hot spot that represented a PMD. Right. Um, it's kind of like the split case PMD, and and that's another fly that that sold really well and fished really well during the PMD hatch. You know, for the people using an indicator rig.
1: When is the PMD hatch there? Uh, when is that typically? Is that a common time, or is that I guess that spreads out throughout the uh, the year, or how does that work?
0: Yeah, it's probably the longest of the Mayfly hatches on the river. It starts kind of early summer, as soon as it starts to really get warm. And then uh it's probably waning right now as it starts to cool down, the PMDs kind of stop hatching quite so much. But it's a very sporadic hatch. I mean some days you'll you'll hit it really, really hard and it will come off at a random time of the day. And the next day you might you might not see them at all. You know, so Typically, that, that's a situation where you'd go to the river with PMDs and caddis and uh, just fish long enough to find them, you know? Perfect. Perfect. So I'm hoping to, like I said, get a few patterns that are popular.
1: So if somebody, you know, we can focus on maybe the, the Provo or whatever, but just to give somebody some general um, flies and then dig into a little more of the pattern. Because, I mean, you've mentioned a few here that are kind of, I mean, the Paragon is great because it's so basic and we could talk a little more about that, but are there any other patterns you want to throw down there that just come to mind as, as ones that you, you'd want to have in your, in your box if you're heading out there?
0: You know, I, I fish a fly called the Cell a lot. Um, there's a, there's a fly called a Duracell nymph and it's, it's made, designed by Craig McDonald over in the UK and I've talked to him a bunch of times, but I, uh, I, I like to, instead of put a CDC collar on it, I have these fancy uh, Swiss CDC clamps that you use to put materials in dubbing loops. And uh, I really like to make the, the collar out of out of squirrel instead of CDC. And so okay. it, gives it, it gives it really good movement. You know, it's a little bit more durable. You can change the colors up just a little bit. But that's one that that I like to fish quite a bit. And that, that's also on a jig, on a jig nymph with a slotted bead. Um, the majority of the nymphs that I fish nowadays are, are that style, you know, um, jig hook, um, slotted bead, and then you just vary the weight for however you're fishing. So you're
1: kind of fish a little bit. I mean, obviously that's, those are Euro nymph Euro style nymphs. Uh, do you typically, are you fishing the full on um, you know, I guess like, you know, you think of Devit or Lance or some of those, you know, they're out there in camo and they're all, you know, down in the bushes. But I mean, are you more of a a mixture of traditional nymphing and Euro style nymphing?
0: No, if I, if I'm going to go nymphing, nymphing, I am hundred percent Euro nymphing. It's just that much more effective. You know, it's, uh, there are times where you need an indicator rig, but, I mean, I, I, I don't know if you've seen me lately, but I'm not necessarily a slither-along-the-bank-sneak-up-on-fish <laughs> type of guy, you know? Right. You're a little bigger than Lance or, or Devin. Yeah. So, anyway, no, but that that, uh, that style, if you really boil it down to the ability to get your flies to, to have more of a natural drift – um, the, the Euro nymphing style is absolutely killer, um, because you're going to get your flies. I mean, if you have an indicator rig, your flies are going as fast as the surface of the water. And the fact is that, that, uh, the water closer, closer to the bottom of the river moves slower than the, the top of the river. And so you're, you're kind of na- more naturally floating the fly or drifting the flies. That said, uh, because you have such good presentation, you can use those wacky-looking nymphs a lot of times because they're going to be right in the fish's face. But, yeah, to answer your question, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy the Euro stuff. And it and it's not saying that that's the only way. You know, we have a lot of customers that come in and they say, well, I'm finally converting over to, to Euro nymphing. And it's like, okay, well, you don't convert over to it. You you just add it to your toolbox, Right. Right, you know, so you, you you don't just convert and always do that. You know, you just have another tool in your box, and if you're, you know, if the day and the river and the weather and the, the conditions are right, then fish it by all means.
1: Yeah, that's the like you said the the dry dropper. I mean, I is a great thing and great. Uh, you know technique that i love to use because you can kind of mix it up a little bit and like you said you could fish a dry dropper with a euro nymph on the bottom there it can be killer um for sure yeah. so okay well i think you know we're kind of trending a little bit more towards the euro nymphs which is great because you know whenever you say euro nymphs on any podcast or anything i it's going to probably get double the traffic yeah you know, so that's uh, so we're doing good there. But I'm curious about you know a little bit more of the tying. You know, the hook, the hooks, the beads. You've talked a little bit about it, but if we if we are sticking on that um, that Euro nymphing um, game, what do people need as far as hooks? Talk about the the shape, size, things like that. Is there is that pretty standard? I like, could you just go in there pick up a pack of Euro hooks, or what do they need to know about getting the right hook?
0: Yeah. And, and I will say this before we get into it, <clears throat> just because a fly is on a jig, like, it doesn't mean that that's Euro, It's Euro only. Um, they're absolutely effective flies for almost all situations. Uh, in fact, my favorite way to fish dry droppers is, is having a leader, say a 3X leader, um, that I'll, you know, I'll tie a triple surgeon's knot with 5X, you know three feet of 5x onto the end of it but the tag end on that triple surgeon's knot that's 3x i leave on and that's where i'll tie my big foamy dry fly and then onto the 5x i'll tie on a euro nymph on you know on that rig so the reason for that is it just cuts through the water so well and it just gets down right where the fish are so Um, I've seen that more and more guides up, uh, you know, in, in Idaho, Montana, they're, they're actually going to like a dry dropper that uses uh, a Euro jig style fly as their dropper. Um, you can also fish them under indicators as well. I mean, you won't have to use as much split shot, all that kind of stuff, but anyway, I'll just throw that out there. They're, they're absolutely versatile flies, regardless of how you fish. And they actually get down, um, a lot better than, than a non, tungsten but anyway as far as the construction of a let's say a jig style fly a lot of people that that contact us they say well i i just need a chart that shows me what size of of slotted bead i need to put on you know say a, a size 14 hook and that's not really how it works like uh if if my favorite fly for example is the the ribby pellet and that's another one you should look up it's uh it's a really simple period okay how do you spell that ribby r-i-b-b-y pellet so the word perdigon in spanish just means pellet oh perfect (laughs) so (laughs) there you go so i just translated it to english (laughs) so anyway if i'm going to tie that fly because it's one of my favorite flies um I might say I want a whole bunch of size 16 ribby pellets, um, but I want them to sink in at different rates. So I might tie that size 16 with it, with anything from a two and a half millimeter bead all the way up to a four millimeter bead um, all on size 16 hooks. Um, Because I, I don't want the body of that, of that fly to change at all. I just want the depth depth rate to change. And so you 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 vary your your uh your weight quite a bit on those on the Euro nymphing jigs, you know. So a lot of times if you're fishing with the buddy and you're Euro Nymphing, you say, what are you catching them on? You could just say a lot of times instead of saying I'm catching them on a size sixteen, da da da, it's usually just I got a three mil bead on the top and I got a two and a half mil bead on the bottom. Cause that that's like that's the more important part is that's the weight that I'm using to get down. So um, yeah, as a general guideline though, like if you're going to put a large bead on a small hook um, with a slotted bead, a lot of times you have to search out a brand of bead that has a slot that's really thin so it doesn't slide off the front of your bead or find a hook that has a turned eye so that it won't slide off the front or find a hook that's not even a jig hook. Like you don't even need to put slotted beads on jig hooks only they'll actually go on uh any hook as long as you as you as you uh seat it properly it's gonna work just like a jig but i think uh the variety of tungsten beads has has kind of changed the game with nymphing altogether
1: yeah it has what do you recommend if you just had i know you've probably got lots of brands and things like that but if you know somebody wanted to come in there and just go right now to pick up the uh the ribby um the ribby pellet, you know, and some hooks and beads, what would be there when they go to that is that on your tutorial series?
0: Yes. so the what what they would what I would do is uh both uh Foley mill and umqua have like a short shank pardigon style hook with a turned eye. I think uh I think the Umqua one's called a parody jig hook. Uh, but anyway, something like that. And then as far as beads go, you could get a Hannock bead. You could get, uh, the fire hole stones are really good. Mm -hmm. Um, you get like 28 beads a pack in that. So those are good. And then also Foley mill has good beads. Um, with beads, you just kind of like, if you're looking, say for a a size three millimeter gold bead, um, good luck. It might, (laughs) it might not be there. So, you have to look at all three, four brands before you might find them. Um, and then the other thing is some are uh, some are just straight metric sizes, and some are, are are imperial converted to metric. So one bead might say two point eight millimeters, another one might say three millimeters, and they're roughly the same size. So it's uh, I don't know. It, with a little bit of time tying those, it it, it becomes easier to to choose what size is what let's take a quick break
1: for a word from our sponsor togens fly shop providing superior quality products at an affordable price an amazing resource for fly tying materials tools and fly fishing accessories togens has you covered when looking for unique in-house products but also supports and supplies materials and tools from other leading fly brands you know and trust Togans is now offering their mystery fly tying box where they simplify the process for you in choosing materials. You're only one click away from these hand-picked subscription tying boxes that are packed with value at almost half the cost. And I recently made a order through Togans and the experience was perfect. After a uh, recent trip uh, nipping for trout, I had to replace my tungsten beads and some jig hooks and a few other items. The products arrived in a couple of days from Togans with a nice little card, a bonus value, and a welcome note from the Togans family. Since 2005, Togans has been over-delivering on price and customer service, so it's time to discover for yourself what the buzz is all about. Head over to wetflyswing.com slash Togans and take a look at their diverse selection of products today. You can support this podcast by clicking over to take a look at Togans online. That's wetflyswing.com T O G E N S, tokens Okay, now back to the show. So basically, yeah, if we're sticking with that number sixteen, you want to have say on that number sixteen, would you have maybe what three different sizes of beads for your selection to try to cover things for that size sixteen, or would you have more than that?
0: Yeah, that's that's probably good. Um, yeah, like for for a sixteen ribby pellet, I'd probably go two and a half, three and three and a half. And for the three and a half, so I'd really have to make sure I got a bead that didn't slip off the front of my hook. So, um, and that's for like high water stuff like that, or that, or if you're fishing, say, a big river and there's a big deep bucket, and then quicker water. You need to really depth charge down. That's that's what those would be for.
1: Okay, good. Yeah, that's, so that covers that a little bit. And and like you said, this is the, right now. Somebody could just go to your website, pick up. Um, really any of these patterns, probably the, the f- six we've talked about, there's probably a tutorial for all of those.
0: Yeah. Like for example, the red dart typically is available as a finished fly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, they've, they've kind of been out of stock for a little bit, but yeah, they can just buy that fly, but let's say the ribby pellet, which is probably my fair, my favorite pair to go on. They would definitely have to tie those. That's it. Okay.
1: What, you know, the, the, obviously the Euro and I find myself doing the same thing where my flies are more just kind of that style because they get down quicker. Um, I mean, do you still, I mean, why would you ever use something? You know, it seems like the general getting these flies, say the, the ribby pellet is the better way to go as opposed to matching the hatch. Right. I mean, what would you say when somebody comes to you? They say, do I really need to match the hatch or should I just get something that has a hot spot and gets down to the fish?
0: No y- yes, and no, I mean uh it's completely possible to match the hatch with with a with a euro style fly I mean if you really think about it when those bugs are going down through the water, there's kind of a blur of color a lot of the time mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's totally possible to to match the hatch sometimes too much flash can be bad, so mm. i mean then that that then again, I mean when you're tying your uh, your Euro box, you definitely want to have some stuff that has like really, you know, distinct hot spots. But other stuff you want to have minimal flash. Uh, I mean, Hannock has some really cool beads that are what are they called? I think they just call them brass. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're like a tarnished brass bead, and you can tie a fly with no flash whatsoever. Um, that can work really well. So. It's it's not saying oh, you you can either t- you can either fish a jig Euro nymph or match the hatch. I mean you can do whatever you want, um, but it's totally possible to to match the hatch to a certain degree with your Euro stuff. Um, but like it's not it's not saying that you would be able to go out with a great big old pink pair to go on and just catch fish any place just because you put it in front of them. You know, obviously a a little bit natural looking fly is is going to work in that circumstance, you know,
1: it seems like the, with the, you know, the, the theme on the Euro nymphs, uh, is kind of, you know, well, like I think Devin said, it, or somebody said, it you know, thin to win, right. Thin to win is the, the yeah. in their competition. So they're all really thin and they get down quickly. But I mean, I look at my old box, you know, some of my old hairs, ears, maybe the flies that I don't use that much anymore. Um, some of them are kind of big and bulky and, you know, they look, uh, they probably don't sink as well, but I mean, what about that? Are there any flies you still typically use that are going to be bigger and bulkier that are still kind of on that Euro style or most of them thin?
0: No, no. You, you have to have some flies that have a little bit of bulk. Like for example, the, there's a stone fly that I tie that it has a lot of weight, but it also has a lot of appendages it's called the Squatchy bee. It's a, it's a stone fly pattern. So it's got rubber legs coming out the back. It's got the rubber legs coming out the sides. Um, and then it, it also has a collar of soft tackle. So it, is, it does have a bit of bulk. Or or you could even look at the red dart itself. You know, compared to a Pertigone, it's super bulky. You know, you've got a hackle tail. You've got a dubbed body. And usually the dubbed body is not going to cut through the water as well as just a thread body. And then it's got a soft tackle collar. So, there absolutely still is a place for those buggy nymphs. Um, like one of my favorite flies to use as an anchor, also, is, is just called a hair bomb, H A R E. And, you know, I did a version a while back, and then there's a Lubos Rosa version in the Fully Mill catalog that we recently did that uses those great big old tungsten shell backs. And,. Those things get down really, really well. Um, they're weighted just they're they're weighted nicely, but they also are pretty buggy, like hairs ears and and stuff like that. So there's absolutely still place for that. I and I fish them all the
1: time. Perfect. If somebody was uh, you know kind of listening here, and again we talked a little bit about the euro. Uh, or the the hooks and all that but is there a like as far as a resource to understand more about hook shapes sizes weights beads um where do you direct somebody there do you have a spot like a a tutorial do you have lots of that covered on your site
0: you know that's probably a good idea the thing about it is, is like there there have been a lot of people saying well not all not all companies have a standard sizing and it's really frustrating or they'll say you know they'll they'll have let's say oh, well, how do i compare this hook to this the answer is that it seems like every week there's a new, there's a new hook company that that's coming up but yeah i mean i mean i think that 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 there, there is an education piece that that could be talked about you know this is a jig hook this is what this type of bend me, means this is when you'd want a straight eye hook but yeah i mean there's so many hooks out there nowadays it it's so hard that, to capture them all so We're all just kind of going on. Okay, this is this is what I like. You might like something else, but you know the the fish are going to eat it. And if it's in their face (laughs) and it's a good hook, you'll probably catch them. Yeah, and that's why I like this. We're kind of doing this is like Uncle Cheech's uh,
1: you know uh, top list of the fly. You know, you've named a few now. Almost, I think, almost ten that you know are flies you've used. So it's like you know, not that those flies are going to work for everybody in every stream and every around the country but it, it gives somebody a starting point at least to start thinking about this stuff. Um, what about, what about weight? So we, we have the bead, you know, in the old, you know, the old school, you'd wrap some weight, you know, some lead wire right around your fly. Do you, are, how much of that are you putting on your, your nymphs? Are you still adding any sort of weight on
0: top of the bead? You know what? Um, you can, uh, it just depends. Like, it used to be that the slotted beads that we would get had such a large slot that you'd have to compensate for the weight the lost uh, on that slot being cut out. So you would wrap it with lead and jam that lead up into the slot. But anymore, the the beads are awesome, and so I I'd rarely find myself adding more more lead wraps to to my nymphs anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, just because the tungsten is maybe a, it's a little bit easier to to gauge how heavy your fly is going to be um, just by looking at it. Let's say I've got a box full of flies and I can't remember if I put lead under you know a variety of them. So if I just have the bead there, if I need more weight, I just throw on a, a bigger bead. The other thing is like if you're fishing a, or if you're tying a really small nymph and you've got a you know, a tungsten bead on, and let's say a peritone, for example. Um, the more bulk that fly has, like through lead, the 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 slower it's going to sink. So, well, I maybe not slower, but you're it's kind of um, you're 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 adding more bulk. You make it go through the water a little less easily by by adding bulk through lead wire. So it's kind of sixes there, like. <laughs> Uh, you'd you'd have to like really do some nerdy scientific tests. Maybe we'll leave that one to Lance and Curtis. Good, yeah, I'll, I'll check back with those guys. On, on that there's, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a
1: ton of of uh, you know topics here. We're kind of just touching on, and, and we could dig in further. Sure. Um, and probably if if people did want to dig in further, what do you recommend when somebody say the stuff we're talking about, they want to learn to tie, um, you know, or, or dig into this? Is it, I guess, watch the tutorials? I mean, just go if you've got a um, you know, like we said, the uh, the the pellet right the ribby pellet they could watch that tutorial and is that the best way to learn how to tie flies just watch tutorials
0: yeah i i really think so i mean there's still some guys that say hey do you guys have a book or are you going to do a book and i mean we could do i mean let's say i did a book with 12 different flies in and i'd have to write it all out and everything we could do 12 videos in two days you know Exactly. Um, a book's going to take like a year to get out there and publish and all that stuff. But no, to, to your to your point, um, videos definitely are the easiest way. On our website, flyfishfood.com, along the top there, there's a, a link that just says fly tying tutorials. And when you click on that, it then it subcategorizes all the tutorials that we've done. So if you say, I want to learn nymphs or mm-hmm. euronymphs or stillwater flies, it, you click it and then you can just scroll through all of the, say the Euro nymph flies that we've done over the years. And I think there are over 400 videos right now as we talk.
1: Wow. 400 videos. And you guys do how many videos each week?
0: It just depends. Like right now we're super bound by the manufacturers. Like we're, for, for us to launch a video, we have to have, I don't know, let's say it's going to be a, a big release. We need to have like 200 bags of this dubbing and the manufacturer might only have 200 that they're expecting to use for the rest of the year for the whole country. So, um, it takes a lot of planning. And then then say the, the fly takes, you know, six materials and you have all five, but that sixth one, you just can't get, um, for, for a month. So, um we we like to do at least one sometimes two videos a a, a week but mm-hmm. sometimes not quite as much
1: okay and and when you do those videos you kind of have a blog post that goes along with i mean what else goes along with that video because obviously you guys have a good production of the video is that i mean that's the main focus but are there other things that go along with that when you uh when you're setting up oh yeah and then
0: yeah, so there's a blog post that goes into it. If, if there's a lot of explanation as to how we came up with the fly or the history of the fly, we'll put it in there. If it's a really simple fly, um, not so much. Like we, we don't need to make a big write-up on a San Juan worm, for example. <laughs> right. So there will be there will be something there, the recipe, material list, all the alternates will be on the blog post page. And then we get the word out by putting it on you know the fly tying with Uncle Cheech page uh, with our Instagram, um, and then we always we always ask people to subscribe to our YouTube channel. So please please subscribe if you go to it, and that way you get notifications when we do a new video. Um, and then as soon as those drop, I mean it's you know a lot of times it's a it's a mad dash for people to get in there and and get the materials. That's a good thing
1: now you guys have, it's like the, uh, you know, uh, laws of supply and demand. I mean, essentially, right. You guys know it's coming and everybody out there knows it's coming. So you actually, it's already created. So everybody that knows you guys knows they got to get in and get it early or it's gone. Is that pretty much how people that are in there, they all know that?
0: Yeah. I mean, and we're trying to get better at that through ordering much bigger quantities now than we, than we had before, but yeah, pretty much. And then other other shops would call us every once in a while. Hey, can you tell us when you're going to release videos so we can make sure we have everything? So we wish them good luck.
1: Exactly. That's cool. Nice. Well, there's a couple other things as we could uh, start to kind of wrap this up here. I, um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about Flash uh, and just kind of you know what we're putting on there. And um, but I did want to check, just uh, you know, check in with you on maybe call you out a little bit on the podcast. You guys started up this podcast a while back. And, uh, yeah. and I loved it because whenever I see I'm, I'm podcasts is my thing, obviously. So whenever I yeah. see a new fly fishing podcast, I get excited because I think the more we have, the better you guys started. Sure. I, I watched or I listened to a few of those. And then, um, you haven't done one in a while, right?
0: No, we just barely did one last week. Oh, so you are
1: doing so. Okay.
0: So we, we are back in the saddle. Oh, good. Um, but no, we have been properly reprimanded. <laughs> And I blame Curtis and Lance. That's what I do all anytime anything goes wrong. That's right. That's right. No, but yeah, it's like, uh, we would be ready to film and then, you know, someone would have to quarantine for two weeks. Yeah, we got to wait Right. or we'd be ready to film. And then I had shoulder surgery like a month ago. So I was kind of out, out of, uh, out of it for a little bit. And so, uh, we, we literally this last one, we just kind of threw up a few ideas on a whiteboard. We hurried and pressed record. We didn't even plan anything out and it actually turned out really well. So nice. Yeah, we, uh, we will definitely be doing that because, um, I'll just tell you, you're not the only one that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's telling us we need to do them some more. Well, like tons of customers are, they're giving us all kinds of grief. So. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, it's been it's been blowing up the last couple of years for sure. People are loving the the podcast. I mean, it's still relatively speaking the number of podcasts versus YouTube channels and blogs is not there's no comparison. Um, but right. it's, but it's growing, which is which is cool to see. Uh, what what's yeah. the name of it? What's the name of your pod the actual if you go to like Apple Podcasts, what would they look for?
0: If you just go to fly fish food, if you search that, I think we just call it the Shop Talk podcast.
1: Oh, the Shop Talk. Okay. Good. I'm gonna I'm gonna subscribe to it right now just to make sure. I, I think I might have lost track of it. So yeah, the shop talk, and that's you guys. Just basically, you do a YouTube video, right? You're, it's on it's on your YouTube channel, and then you just take the audio.
0: Yeah, we do it live, and we we have the audio that's recorded onto a different device. But yeah, we uh, we do it live, so you, you hear all the audio screw ups at first. You just power through, and then if you listen to it uh, through like Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, usually we'll do like some, some editing to, to cut out, uh, the, the audio miscues. (laughs) But other than that, once it gets rolling and we, we have good conversations.
1: Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. No, you guys have been, that's right. You're doing, so yeah, it's a fly fish food shop talk podcast and, uh, you guys are doing awesome. So you got October 4th, yeah. Fly design considerations. Then you had one in September, then you had a little break there, but this is good. This is great to, uh. This is great to see because you guys are. Uh, it's still going to be out there. Um, yeah. Well, I wanted to circle back around just to. I mentioned Flash. We had uh, Larry Dahlberg on a while back. He, the creator of Flashaboo. You know, I'm always trying to. I love the history stuff. That's always a piece I'm trying to connect with. And, yeah. Uh, and and it's interesting to me. But as far as Flash, what what you know for nymphs, what do we what do we need uh-huh. to get? It? Is there any like crystal flash? What what do you typically are you putting on nymphs?
0: yeah so you can put anything on nymphs and and shout out to larry Dahlberg. like i don't know if a lot of people know this but i bass fish with conventional gear a ton still and it, it's every bit as technical and every bit as every bit as uh hard as as fly fishing and uh you know i freaking love that stuff but anyway regarding flash um there, there are all different types of flash that you can put on. I mean, you can even take like flashaboo or crystal flash and wrap that on a nymph or you can let it hang out the sides. You can use it as legs. You can use it as wing cases. Um, you have, uh, say, threads that fluoresce that are really flashy. Um, one thing, though, I was, I was fishing one day and, uh, and you know, it was a really bright, sunny day and it was really tough. The fishing was was super, super tough. And the sun was hitting my my fly just right when it would come back to me. And it would give off this, this flash that just almost would blind you. And I, I was thinking, man, this situation and this fly, that's way too much flash. So I cut that fly off that I had been fishing for a few hours, um, cut the fly off. And then I found some stuff in my box that was way more toned down. You know, just a little tiny bit of flash that was mixed in the dubbing. Or maybe a matte colored bead on the head. And that actually started to work. So I I definitely believe in having flash on your flies. I mean, it it works really, really well. Um, a lot of the more popular patterns out there have flash. And it just kind of gives that, that fish more of a reason to co- go check out what, what's in the water there. But at the same time, I think it's critical to have a, some flies that have either minimal or no flash uh, for those really really bright days, um, and then just be willing as you fish to change it up. You know, you might have caught you know a couple fish on on nymph X, um, but if you change up to something that's totally different, whether it's different color, different size, um, different weight, but also different flash level, um, you might you might unlock some secrets that are that are pretty cool. So. Am I a fan of flash? Absolutely. (laughs) But I'm also a fan of no flash. Right. When you look at your box, we opened up your,
1: this nip box we're talking about, or one of your nip boxes, what percentage of them are flash and what percentage are not? Are you, or do you, uh, you know, just generally, could you, could you give us like 50, 50?
0: Yeah. If you, if you gave me, uh, you'd probably be more like 70, 30 with the flash. I mean, just because, I mean, that's just kind of how it is, but it just depends on what you're calling flash. I mean, like, say the ribby pellet fly, all it is is like a cocktailion tail, a thread body, but you twist the thread to make a rib out of it, and then uh, the the little throat or the little hot spot on it is just a, enough orange thread to make a whip finish. So there's really no flash per se, but it does have a hot spot. So I don't know if you would consider that one a flash fly or just a, uh, a dole fly, even though it has that orange in there. There you go, perfect. This is good. Well, I'm feeling like we uh, we
1: dug into this a little bit today. Um, as we get out of here, we have a little segment called the 222 Top uh, Flies uh, Tips and Resources. Uh, and today, you know, we're on this nymph uh, this nymph kind of uh, topic we talked about flies. I guess we're, we're kind of, I think we're pretty close. Do you have a couple more flies you want to add to that? This, this top 10 list we have so we can give people a good little, uh, Cheeches uh, list here.
0: Let's see if it were my list, you know, the, the there's a stone fly I like called the mask marauder. And of course I'm just giving you the names of my flies. Oh yeah. yeah that's <laughs> what we want. That's what we want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the mask marauder is really good. Um, there's one called the, the secret squirrel nymph Hmm. that takes uh, squirrel dubbing and you mix it with CDC dubbing. Oh, nice. I've caught a lot of fish on that one.
1: Okay.
0: Um, and then we'll, we'll throw, throw Lance a bone too. the, the thread Frenchie is, is a, a phenomenal fly. And then Curtis has a takeoff on that one where it's a holographic body on the thread Frenchie. Okay. That he's caught. He's caught a ton of fish with that. Holographic. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: we're talking all these materials. Obviously, we've already touched on some of the materials. but So you have one material you could you could choose for
0: your nymph, uh, only one. What, what is that material? Thread.
1: Oh, thread. There you go.
0: Yeah. You can do so much with thread. Um, if you look in, in the videos, I have a whole bunch of flies that I, I don't even know why I call it this. It was just a way to give it a name so I didn't have to explain the technique, but it's called Mill spec style. And it's nothing new. It's just you, uh, let's say you're wrapping a body for a fly and you're just going to use thread for the body. Um, Take your thread to the back of the fly um, after you've created a base of thread. Color the thread with a marker and then just use that different colored thread that you've just created to make a rib through the fly. And then also to make even more a pronounced rib, you can twist up the thread and wrap it up so it looks like there are bumps in the body. So yeah there's there's so much you can do with just plain old thread that that works that's right that's what I would do what do you do you have a type of thread you like to use more often or a
1: brand or anything like that?
0: Oh um, you know there's no wrong answer there i mean uh i I use it all I have it all um if you have a good bobbin that's nice and smooth, you're not gonna have many issues with it
1: yeah there's tons of great great companies out there what um yep. So let's keep on that. So you, you kind of mentioned, and you've talked about a tip there. If you had a couple of fly tying tips for tying nymphs, anything just generally or specific to any of the patterns we talked about you want to throw out there?
0: Yeah, the the biggest thing is uh, make every single wrap of thread count. Like uh, I watch people tie sometimes and just kind of as a, I don't know if it's like a nervous thing or whatever, but they'll, they'll tie a material in and you know two two and a half turns will hold most anything on the hook and then you got to get in the habit of just leaving your thread alone and i think a lot of people will like just wind way way too much thread it just bulks up your flies you know if you talk to you know we talked a little bit before you want you want thin stuff for the most part but make sure every thread wrap counts Uh, Make sure your thread's exactly where you want it to be before you tie in a material so you're not wrapping too much thread on it. Um, Thread can be used to, you know, build up a body, so you you could do that. But um, thread control, um, being able to place your thread exactly where you want it will help you tie cleaner flies and almost any other technique. Um, So, yeah, that's what I think about thread. There you go.
1: Yeah. yeah. Thread sounds like threads. That's the common thing. You're, uh, if you can master thread and and control of thread and, and, uh, that's probably a big part is it, what are the first steps when you get into, you know, do you guys do actual flight tying classes or is it just tutorials online?
0: It's just tutorials online. You know, we, we used to have half of our shop that was open for like an education center, but it quickly got filled up with waiters and (laughs) and rods and reels. Like, when someone comes into the shop and they say, hey, I, I'm i sick of buying Euro nymphs for 350 a piece right. and hanging them in trees, so I want to tie them. Um, you know, we'll get them, you know, a base, basic fly-tying kit, which usually consists of a vise, a pair of scissors, a whip finisher, and a bobbin. Uh, you really don't need much more than that to start. Mm-hmm. And then I always get people started on zebra midges just because, you know there there is a, a learning process of putting the hook in the vise the right way putting a bead on that hook starting your thread uh wrapping a material in which is wire spacing the wire out tying the wire back off mm-hmm. and then whip finishing i mean those are those are all the basic fundamentals that you need to have to, that if you can master that you can then move on to say a pheasant tail or a hare's ear. Um, but uh you know that's that's kind of what what I always uh lean to um uh, and then instead of like saying okay we'll we'll sign you up for this lesson we'll just say hey go home um this uh zebra midge video is on our is on our website all the stuff that I just gave you you'll see it in the video you'll know exactly what to do with it and that's that's worked really really well
1: that's perfect yeah that's uh I mean, it's like getting out to the masses, right? I mean, you could have people come into your shop, uh, you know, which I'm, you know, they do. But also, if you want to get out to the world, uh, I mean, and do you guys see when you do these videos? Uh, do you kind of look at that stuff, like where these are going out, where people are coming from around the world? I mean, I'm guessing it's mostly the U.S. base, but are you guys uh, all over
0: the place? Oh yeah, like we ship all over the world too. Oh, you do? Yeah, and we we also recently just put a, a map in the shop so people can put a pin in it from from where they came into town from so you know it's been up for about a month uh, the united states is just peppered with flags we have a people that like they'll fly into salt lake and they'll have like a three-hour layover and they'll drive down to the shop just to see it and then take off to go back to the airport oh nice but yeah we have people like there's there's a pin in china germany what else? I think Japan. They're, they're all over the place. But but yeah, um, we had a guy one time that drove to the shop from Denver. And the purpose of their trip was just to see the shop. It was his birthday. That's what he wanted for his birthday. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah, you guys have created I uh, – well, I
1: won't say – I made. Mean, have you guys had anybody ever say like a, a cult following? Because it seems like the Uncle
0: Cheech's Facebook, <laughs> right? But you ever get uh, accused of that? <laughs> Oh, you know, uh, you, you. I think that uh, it's it's been described in any way that, any way, shape or form possible that you could imagine. Uh, we just uh, we tell people, well, we just we just like to have fun. That's it. So if they want to be there and have fun. Go for. It.
1: How do you deal with, I'm curious, because I know this comes up occasionally and you're pretty good at it, I've heard, but like trolls or people that are out there, maybe they're not trolls, but people that are just kind of off a little bit and, and stirring up stuff. How do you deal with those people?
0: Oh, yeah. So that's my specialty. Um, the funny thing is like if if they are critical of us or whatever, um, I usually just agree with them. Hmm. <laughs> and that, that throws them off. <laughs> you guys are a bunch of you know, washed up hacks. You guys, that's not even really fishing. So I'll respond to it with something like, yeah, I agree. The responsible parties will be notified and likely terminated. We will keep you in the loop. So they're just like, ah, oh, well, what else do I say? That is perfect. There you go. But you know, there we, on our last podcast, we had to kind of address the the whole fish police issue. You should go listen to it. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. You know, where everyone just goes in and they see a picture of your fish and they can, they can find a way why that fish absolutely died, you know? So anyway, but the, the, the fact of the matter is, is a lot of, a lot of the, the haters out there are just jealous, you know? So we, it's more entertaining than anything else. Yeah, no, that's a perfect reply.
1: I love, I love that. Just agree with them. That's a, That's a good idea. I have always been like, well, I guess you could not respond as well, but, but agreeing with them is way better. That's actually a perfect uh, solution.
0: Oh yeah. Well, yeah, that, that, and then on, on Facebook, I have some really good moderators that help me keep everyone in line. So they, uh, they go in and they, they do a great job of managing that without me having to be looking at that every second of the day.
1: Uh, and let's just wrap this. We have the two twenty-two. So, so top two, so other resources. So other than you guys, obviously you're a huge resource for fly tying. Um, who else would you recommend? Is there a couple other, you know, uh, resources out there it could be book magazine videos, other channels, whatever.
0: Yeah. You know, you look at guys like, uh, Kelly Gallup. I mean, he, his videos are super long. Everyone says, Oh man, he talks too much. Well, the dude's been at it for a long, long time. So KG is a is a great resource for the sport. He he's in it. He he understands the materials. He's a really good tire. He's got a good shop. He's a good fisherman. So I I look at Kelly as a as a good resource. And then uh, you know Charlie Craven has a great book as well. Um, his his beginning fly tying book. I I've had a few customers that have gone through that whole book one by one. And so he walked through it and, you know, Charlie is maybe one of the cleanest fly tires out there. And I, I, I watched Charlie, uh, I, I had his books back, um, you know, back in the day and, you know, getting to know those guys has been pretty cool, but yeah, Charlie's a a great fly tire. Um, and then, uh, Kelly likes to talk and ties, ties a fly a little bit in his, in his videos too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I, those are both, uh, we've had both of those guys on the podcast and they were both awesome. Probably some of the best episodes right along with this one. Cheech, this is going to be, uh, we're going to be, it's, it's, you guys know we've had over the years, obviously with like 250 episodes, I've been, it's been pretty amazing. The people we've talked to, um, but, uh, but cool. Well, I think that takes us there. Um, just give us a heads up in the next six months to to a year or whatever, anything new coming for you guys that you want to give a shout out to?
0: um, not really anything new i think uh you know the whole business model was just gradually built into one of the best full service fly shops in the country and uh so we're always striving to that um so i don't think that there's going to be anything super drastic um what what we're going to try to do is on the content side of it uh branch out and curtis and i are trying to always make an effort to to get out and and create content, um, so you might see that quite a bit more with with a little bit you know different style of, of video that that incorporates more of like you know outdoor living, outdoor cooking, all that, just like the whole adventure of of going on a fly fishing trip as opposed to okay, here we are in the river, these are the flies we're using, boom, 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 but maybe just something that encapsulates more of the whole adventure.
1: I love that I've. I've been kind of doing a similar thing here. We've been doing some secondary podcast. Um, you know, we always have a focus like this, the fly fishing, but we might scatter in one that's, a, you know, a company that's more than just the outdoor space. To but something that I love and use. You know, for example, um, I'm trying to think of somebody we got come like the rollercots, Cots, right? These these things, the roller tables. Whenever I'm out on a river trip, I'm trying to put together the, the river trip, you know, gear list, and and man, those things are amazing, right? If you haven't heard of a roller table and you're going on a trip, um, those things are pretty badass but um no i love it well i'll keep in touch with you on that uh, cheech as far as your new stuff and and new flight patterns you do you ever give a heads up like you got new stuff coming next week is that all a total surprise for people
0: um it just depends it, it sometimes um like as i'm prepping to get into video mode old brigham if he can see over the edge of the table but he, if he comes over and sees that I'm working on a flyer or practicing for the videos that night or whatever, he'll, he'll kind of do like a quick Instagram reel style of, of just me tying. And so that way people can kind of get an idea of, of what's coming down the pike. There you go. Do you know what's coming up next
1: week? All right. We're on, we're starting off the week here on it's Monday now, but, uh, or actually this week, right? You got something posting this week.
0: Yeah. We did one last night called the orange head, Mary, And then, uh, the, we, we have, I don't know, five or six flies that are ready to go, but before I can click go, I need to check all the inventory that goes into that fly in a sheet. And if it doesn't match up, then we can't do it. So it could be one of five to seven flies. So who knows?
1: All right, Cheech, uh, flyfishfood.com, uh, at, uh, or your YouTube channel, obviously, if people have questions, um, yeah, do you feel uh, do you feel like we touched on a little bit on nymphs today? Like we uh, did somebody justice if they kind of want to learn a little more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, though, just keep in mind that fish are dumb. Like, so when someone says, "How do I catch fish?" I say, "Well, all these flies are guaranteed to work as long as you find fish dumb enough to eat them." That's it. So that's the key there. So presentation, you know, choose the, a nymph that's somewhat close, but then fish them hard. Perfect.
1: All right, Cheech. Thanks again. And I'll look forward to keeping in touch with you guys moving forward. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Dave. So there you go. If you want to find the show notes, the links and everything else we talked about today, head over to wetflyswing.com slash 263. 263. If you get a chance, uh, you can head over to wetflyswing.com slash fly shop to support our local fly shop this week. Uh, we are in the process of trying to reach out to some of the, some of the best and, uh, and the best and brightest fly shops, uh, around the country. If you know a fly shop that you love and you want to give a shout out, just uh, send me an email or reach out to me on social media. That's pretty much it today. That's a wrap. That's all I have for you. I want to thank you again for sticking around to the very end today and want to say that I hope to maybe catch you uh, online somewhere or hopefully maybe on river. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com.